0: So, today we're going to talk about a story that doesn't feel Christmassy, but it is so Christmassy. Acts chapter 12. Acts chapter 12 tells the story of Peter who has been imprisoned. Now, the reason he's been imprisoned is because Herod Agrippa has decided that it's a good thing if he starts killing off all of the Christian leaders that have followed Jesus. So just before he has imprisoned Peter, he imprisoned James and then killed James, took his life with a sword. So Peter has been arrested because he's been preaching the story of Jesus. So I want you to imagine in a a year in which we've taken a look at so much injustice one of the things we need to take a look at is the significant injustice that Peter is discovering because what Peter has discovered is the injustice that he stood there and preached Jesus that the religious leaders of the day wanted him taken away, imprisoned, have a sham trial and take his life as well. So Peter is now in prison but it hasn't been that long since Jesus rose from the dead, pushed the rock away. The soldiers slept, and he arose from the dead. So the leaders are a little freaked out about what might happen. But they're emboldened now because James has been killed. So Peter's in jail, and what we have with Peter in jail is everybody that is a part of Jesus's pack, which is now a lot of people, they're gathered together praying for Peter. All right, so in, in, inside of Acts chapter 12, beginning of verse six, we read the story and here's what happens. The night before Peter was to be placed on trial, he was asleep, fastened with two chains between two soldiers. Now, to get the picture here, Peter is in a jail cell and this arm is chained and shackled to a guard, and this arm is chained and shackled to a guard. Then there are two more guards that are outside the cell. There are then four more guards outside the jail, and then four more guards outside at the gate. Are you with me? Now, the challenge is here, that first for Peter to leave and escape, the chains have to be gone. This group of soldiers have to drop dead, these two have to go away. The next four have to go away. The next four have to go away. Then to leave the cell, the door has to be unlocked. He has to be able to walk out. And then when you get to the end of town, there are these massive iron gates that stand at the, at the, at the, at the wall. And I did a little research. It took about seven people to open and close these gates because of how heavy they are. These are not those ornamental aluminum gates that you have in your community where you just click a button and they move open. These are heavy fortified gates. So all this has to happen. People are praying for Peter that somehow God would do a miracle. And now inside of the jail, we know that he is asleep fastened to these guys. Now I find this fascinating. You're going to die the next day. Your your buddy James has already been killed in the same fashion and you're in jail chained to these guys, but you're perfectly asleep. Now this is so typical Peter. Remember this is the guy that stepped out and walked on water. This is the guy who Jesus said to the rock, I'm going to build my church upon this rock. This is a guy that totally was just all in. But in the middle of this, when he knows he's got this persecuted problem and he's going to face death tomorrow, he's asleep. Now, we're going to find out in a minute, not only is he asleep, he planned to sleep well. He took off his shirt, he took off his jacket, he took off his shoes. He's just, he's sacked out, man. And so the scripture goes on and tells us this story. Others stood guard at the prison gate. Suddenly, there was a bright light in the cell and an angel of the Lord stood before Peter. The angel struck him on the side to awaken him and said, quick, get up. Okay, now I find a couple of things pretty interesting here. First of all, he's asleep. Secondly, the bright light happens inside the the cell. Now, most of us picture angels like these beautiful little cherubim that float down on a cloud, and they kind of look like this. You know? But the problem is that the Bible has another picture for angels. This was a bad boy. I mean, let's just imagine an angel built like the rock. Are you with me? And a bright light shines in in the cell, and Dwayne the Johnson, the rock angel shows up. All of a sudden, I had a picture of him in tooth fairy. And so (laughs) he shows up and still Peter is asleep. I mean, he doesn't even have a CPAP machine and he is out, right? So much so that angel the rock has to strike him. Now, he didn't touch him. He didn't shake him. He struck him. Now, if you get the picture of this bad boy angel with this bright light that shows up inside a jail cell, when he hits him, I'm talking, hey! <laughs> then he woke up. Now, w- watch this because this sounds a lot like like the American church, watch this. And the chains fell off his wrist. Then the angel told him, get dressed and put on your sandals and he did. Now put on your coat and follow me. Now watch this, the angel that God has sent to save Peter is giving him exact instructions on what to do. So Peter in need of rescue, people praying for Peter, Peter probably having been prayed himself to sleep for himself, chained to the guards, first chains and shackles drop. What's going on with the guards? Is that not a good question? The scriptures don't tell us what's going on with the guards. So I'm going to take a wild guess here that when the rock angel shows up, they're like, I'm out. You know, it's like, there's, I got no hope because this dude, I mean, this angel could have been tatted up for all we know, but he was a bad boy. All right. We don't know what happened, but they're gone. They're out of the story. And not only that, he then says to him, put your britches on, put your shirt on, put your shoes on, and then like you tell your kids, it's gonna be colder than you think tonight, put your jacket on. I mean, he's giving him all the right instructions. He says, come on, Peter, let's go. Now watch what happens. So Peter left the cell, which I think is great. That's a good thing to do, right? He left the cell following the angel, but all the time he thought it was a vision. Now, this is really amazing. Peter, who has been praying, Peter, who probably fell asleep praying, Peter has the entire church praying and God answers the prayers and Peter's response is, this is, I'm just dreaming. This this is not how things work in my life. Like I'm Peter. Everything that could go wrong goes wrong with me. I'm the guy that's caught at everything. I'm the guy that every other week I got a crisis. I got drama in my life. Everything in the world, which makes me wonder, in your life. What are you chained and shackled to? I had to think about that some this week, like, what am I chained and shackled to? Well, I'm, I'm chained and shackled to fears. I'm really chained and shackled to, I got all kinds of insecurities. I mean, I'm chained and shackled to, you know, self image. I'm changing shackled to pride, figuring I can, I can fix everything on my own. I don't need any help. I can do this. You know, I can suck it up, man up, do it. I mean, I'm chained to all kinds of things. I'm shackled to so much junk. And you know what's funny is I, I seem to constantly be praying about the junk in my life, and it's like God's Spirit keeps saying to me, you know, Chuck, I've already told you what to do. I can drop those chains and shackles if you'll just trust me. I mean, if you'll just walk with me. If you'll just believe it's me at work, not thinking it's something you did or something you have to do or something the government ought to do or or something a politician should do. It's like, Chuck, if if you'd care a little less about your vote and care a little bit more about me, you might see me drop some chains and shackles. That relationship that went bad this year, I can fix that, Chuck. That, that marriage that went bad in your life, I can fix that. That child that went off the rails, I can fix that. That addiction you're fighting, I can fix that. But, but Chuck, you got to listen to me when I say, put your breeches on, put your shirt on, wear your coat, wear your shoes, and follow me. And most of the time, what I'm doing is instead of inspecting, expecting God to show up and the angels say, Chuck, I'm here with you. I want to move these days for you. I want to drop those shackles from you. I want to remove the guards from you. I want to walk with you. I want to talk with you. A long, last, narrow way. I want to do this if you'll just let me. I'm always trying to say, but God, you don't work that way anymore. And all the while, God is working in me, around me, through me, and for me. And watch this. He's doing the same around you. And yet what we wanna do is explain all of that away that that's just not how God works anymore. And God is saying to you, stop it, get up, put your britches on, put your coat on. It's gonna be colder than you think, but let's go. Follow me and I'll open the door. I'll put those guards to sleep. I will let those chains fall, but you've got to trust me. And you know what I've discovered? I don't like that. It sounds like such a good deal, but I don't like that. You know why I don't like that? Because I think I can do it myself. And you know the problem with that is? That's called sin, because you can't do it alone. And you were never designed to do it alone, ever. God said, I will be with you always. You will never be without me. There is no place you can go that I am not. Listen to the story. They passed the first and second guard post and came to the iron gate leading to the city and this opened for them all by itself. It's like Peter walked up and the angel's there and the angel reached down into his pocket and pulled out a genie garage door opener. <laughs> Bam. Bam and those gates opened. But watch what happens. So they passed through and started walking down the street and then the angel suddenly left him. And Peter finally comes to his senses. It's really true, he said. The Lord has sent his angel and saved me from Herod, and from what the Jewish leaders had planned to do to me. And when he realized this, he went to the home of Mary, the mother of John Mark, which by the way, she was loaded and had this massive home. They've all gathered at that home. And listen, they were gathered for prayer. This is where the church came to pray for Peter. They've come to pray that God would deliver Peter from the chains, the shackles, the guards, the jail, and the, and the cell, even from, from the gates. And they're all praying in mary's house they're going at it i mean they're they're praying down the holy ghost man i mean these folks are getting after it i'm not talking about you know now i lay me down to sleep prayer i mean i'm talking about pray your guts out kind of prayer i'm talking about the kind of prayer where you just just unload everything before god and by the way if you're looking to have a christmas like no other get down on your knees and pour your guts out i don't mean lay me down to sleep i'm talking about pour your guts out before the lord And these folks are in there praying their guts out and look what happens. I mean, this is the most amazing thing. He knocked on the door at the gate and a servant girl named Rhoda came to open it. Now, when you go, you know, it's like pre-COVID days when you'd knock on somebody's door, you'd knock on a door like this, right? Right? But we're talking about Peter, who has just had the chains fall, the shackles come unlocked, led by an angel out of the cell, past the gates, into town. The angel leaves, and Peter's like, that was cool. And he goes there, and I'll promise you, he doesn't knock on a gate like this. Peter's like, yo, you're praying for me, and I'm right here. They're praying their guts out. They send this little 12-, 13-year-old Rhoda to the door. Look what happens. This is just unbelievable. When she recognized Peter's voice, she was so overjoyed that instead of opening the door, she ran back inside and told everyone, yo, Peter is standing at the door. If you're in there praying your guts out for Peter, for a miracle, and this little girl who you sent to the door, because you don't think she's important, you're doing important work, you think, but you send her to the door, and she gets to the door And I'll promise you, this is probably what went on. She goes like this, hello, (laughs) who's there? It's Peter. Whoa, she runs back in. It's him. Everything you're praying your guts out for, he's here. Now look what they have to say. You're out of your mind, they said. I'm guessing that it sounded more like this. Girl, you are outside your mind. When she insisted, they decided, well, it must be his angel. Now, the term his angel here is different than the angel that shows up at at the prison. They're saying it must be his ghost because they don't believe this could really happen. Meanwhile, they've been praying their guts out that this would happen, but they don't really believe that this could happen. And God is basically showing them, you know, a little faith could go a long way, people, and the show of prayer counts for nothing, but the prayers of earnest men and women move my heart to action. And look what happens. Meanwhile, Peter continues knocking. You reckon? <laughs> I mean, he is hammering now, man. And, he's, and he, he, when they finally opened the door and saw him, they were amazed. It's like, but you've been praying for it. Did you not expect God to answer your prayer? And clearly they didn't. It's like, God, please, we're begging you, we're coming before you that you just take your servant Peter and save him. And then Peter shows up at the door and she, girl, you must, you must be out of your mind. And then when they see him, they're like, well, how about that? Like, I, God actually did that. Listen, if you don't get anything out of day, I want you to get this. The same God that is moving through and for them is doing the same thing in and around and through and for you all day, every day. And the thing is, we just want to explain it away by thinking that wasn't God. That was the oddest coincidence. God is not in the coincidence business. God is in the you business. And he is constantly at work in and around and through and for your life. And so what happens here is after that, He says, go tell James and the other brothers what happened. Now you might be thinking, James, one already been killed, two James. He says, go tell James and the other brothers what happened. He said, and then he went to another place. I think that's the coolest part of the whole thing. It's like, he doesn't hunker down and like, I want to hide out. It's like, God has saved me to do something with me. I'm going to go tell everybody I once was shackled. I once was chained. I once was guarded. I once was in prison. And what happened is God showed up and dropped my chains, dropped my shackles, put the guards to sleep, opened the door, moved the gate. And here I am to tell you, he wants to do the same thing for you. Now, how good is that? How stinking good is that? Oh, he's not done. At dawn, there was a great commotion among the soldiers, to which I would say, you reckon, about what had happened to Peter. Herod Agrippa ordered a thorough search for him, and when he couldn't be found, Herod interrogated the guards, and he sentenced them to death. Afterward, Herod left Judea Judea, to stay in Caesarea for a while, and if you read on in the rest of the chapter, Herod's not long for this world. Now watch this, I wonder, sad, depressed, we find ourselves in broken relationships, we find ourselves in family squabbles, We find ourselves broke. We find ourselves wanting. And all the while, God says, I will drop those chains and I'll drop those shackles and I'll get rid of those guards and I'll open your prison cell. I left heaven to come to Bethlehem as a baby so I could grow up to be a man that was fully God. And as I told those guys out in the parking lot, Jesus said, I came to give you life in abundance and to give you life eternal. And it's right there for the taking. And all you have to do is claim it. say well Chuck I'm I'm in for that man then it's this simple Jesus I'm calling on your name I don't even know what that means but I want to ask you to forgive me come live inside of me however you do all that make me a new person God drop my chains and my shackles my addictions Let let me walk with you Jesus, I'm grateful that your body was broken and your blood was shed on the cross to pay for my sin. That's the key, y'all, for my sin, my sin, your sin. See, the great thing about Jesus is he did that universally for you individually. Jesus, thank you that you're You died for me and you were buried for me. And three days later, Jesus, you rose from the dead for me so that I could have life eternally in heaven, but I could have life more abundantly without the chains now. And some of you in this room and some of you online, you're saying, That's me. That's what I want. And listen, I'm, no heads bowed, eyes closed, all that stuff, man. Those guys the other day, I would ask them to bow their head and hide this. The very first guy that raised his hand was the foreman's right-hand man at the very front table. I said, Do you, any one of you guys, does that sound like what you need in your life? That guy's hand shot up straight up in the air. Before long, 30 more people, that's me. And listen, today, if, if I'm talking to you, if you're at home right now, or you're on the road right now, or you're in this room right now, and I'm talking about you, just raise your hand. Go ahead, it just, just like I said, just takes one. Yeah, 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 anybody else, come on. Anybody else, yeah, amen, yeah. This is why we come to the Lord's table for communion. We've got these COVID-approved communion cups. <laughs> it's The dumbest thing I've ever seen in my life. Now watch this because this is highly technical. I had to get Amy to help me at... Uh, Amy uh, had to help me this morning at 9. It has this little flimsy, little flippy thing right here. Don't pull the whole thing. Just pull the top one. And when you do you get the wafer like so alright now let me go ahead and warn you it tastes like a styrofoam bucket. <laughs> but that's not really the point right cause it's a picture it's a picture of Christ's broken body and then later We'll take the rest of the cup and open it up for the juice or as I prefer to think of it as the wine because I promise you when Jesus blessed and broke that bread, when he went to pour that wine to remind us his royal ruby red blood, he poured the best stuff because he didn't want us to forget I have people sometimes get freaked out about how you do communion. Well, Chuck, when I grew up, this is how we did it. And Chuck, in the church I was at, this is how we did it. Jesus never left us with instruction on how to do it. Jesus left us instruction to do it. His only instruction was that you eat of the bread as a picture of his broken body that was given to us and you drink the wine as a picture of his shed blood for us. And he said, when you do that, the most important thing of communion is remember me. The reason why we always, even in COVID or non-COVID, the reason we ask people to come to the table is that, I genuinely believe if I'm sitting back here among you, and I'm coming to the Lord's table, I want to offload my chains. I want to offload all of my insecurities. I want to offload my fears. I want to off—I want to drop them at the Lord's table because He says, "Give them to me. Just, just give them to me, and return with my." body and my blood so lord thank you that we have the opportunity to come together and be with you and remember you bless each one in the name of jesus we all pray amen there's tables in the front tables in the middle and tables in the back you just come to the lord's table nothing like coming to the Lord's table. Everybody's a grown-up at the Lord's table. Everybody's welcome. There's always room. And I imagine there's a big old bucket on each side where people drop their chains and their shackles and they drop their insecurities and their fears and their sins. And they're reminded that when we remember the Lord Jesus that we're to remember that he came to do all that and more in us, through us, around us, and for us. So hopefully you've peeled that little top film off and you got to your styrofoam in bucket. I don't say that to make light of communion. I say that to remind you it's a picture. This could be Wonder Bread or this could be a Ritz cracker. Because the what it is isn't the issue. The remembrance of what it is is the issue. Because we remember Jesus, his broken body. Jesus did two things with the bread. He, He broke it and he blessed it. You know what I've learned in my walk with Jesus all these years? Jesus does his best work in the middle of brokenness. In the times when I am most desperate, when I feel like I'm completely shackled, like it's just, why, this just, this is just not worth it. When I'm at my, my very worst brokenness, it's like Jesus shows up at just the right time. When I get to the gate and I'm like, God, come on. Now i got a stinking, come on, really? Could we not work on somebody else's character today? I've got to have all this junk I want. And the Lord says, watch this. Click. And those gates open up. He broke it. But because he did, then he blessed it. Father, today we remember that this is a picture of your body broken because of our sin willingly broken because he loves us and Jesus we praise you for that in your holy name and the ate. and I'm, I'm not sure of what kind of goblet or glass the Lord used but but I do know this. Man, I'm telling you, Jesus wouldn't pour in sangria. And he didn't break out the white stuff. And for those of you that grew up in a church that said it was non fermented, come on, really? The Lord broke out the good stuff. Because he wasn't playing. He wasn't playing. He poured that beautiful red royal liquid, that wine into that cup. He held it out. He said, fellas, this is a picture of my blood. I'm going to stretch my hands out. And they're going to drive nails in my hands. They're going to drive a nail through my feet. They're going to stick a spear in my side. And the world is going to think I'm dead. For sure enough, I will be. But just click. Watch that rock move. So he said, as long as you drink this, remember me. I don't know what they're saying, Zach. Zach. I just know they sang. But I know know what my heart sings. My heart sings, my My soul 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 magnifies magnifies the Lord. Come on, church. Come on, church. Magnifies the Lord. He has done great. shed his blood and allowed his body to be broken that we just remembered. He will go before you and make a way and make your crooked path straight. I know that because he promised it. And this week he'll pull that clicker out and open some gates if you will just trust him. And that same Jesus, he'll go within you and bring you peace and joy, fulfillment and contentment because friend, listen, listen, He is always good. I love this part. And you are always loved. And that Jesus, when it feels like you just can't go on again, you just can't do it another day, man, he'll come behind you and pick you up, and he will carry you through the midst of whatever junk you're dealing with. It doesn't matter what it is. But he's not carry around it. He's going to carry through it. So he can set you down victoriously on your two feet and wipe away your tears and kiss you on the forehead and wrap those big loving arms around you so he can say to you face to face, my child, say it with me, I love you. I love you, church. Go get one of those kids and go in peace.